Welcome and thank you for visiting the Straight Talk Podcast. We're talking wealth, finance, real estate. We're coming from a tell it like it is, keep it simple, help me understand, and give it to me straight approach. I'm Greg Coward, a guy who's been working on the front lines of finance and real estate now for 20 years. We're going to help you save money, point you in the right direction, keep it fun, and keep it real. Thanks for joining. Let's roll. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Straight Talk podcast, where we're going to do some straight talk, and we're going to talk about wealth and real estate, which are linked. Turns out most of the most wealthy people in the world have built some of their wealth, most of their wealth in real estate. And so we're just straight talking our way through another 20 minutes. And I'm very excited for those of you who are joining us in the ether world out there. You're going to learn some things that you've never known before with our special guest. We have titled our podcast episode today, Pigs, Oil, and Dawn. And at this point, uh, the person across from me who happens to be named Don is giggling because it's just a great, it's just a great title. I'm so excited about it. I talk with clients about this all the time. Um, and we'll go into some depth. Don, welcome. Thank you, Greg. I'm so glad you're here. I think the listener will detect a wonderful Northern accent. Where did, where are you from? Uh, I was born in Massachusetts. Nice. And uh, when you woke up this morning, where did you wake up? Rhode Island. Nice. And now you find yourself in the Mid-Atlantic in Richmond, Virginia? Yes. Did you run? I did. It was, you, for, it was far. It was you, far run. Far to the plane <laughs> as you ran to the plane. You flew in this morning, didn't you? I did, yes. And so podcast listener, we have a special podcast guest. This podcast is so hot. We're flying in participants. And uh, thank you for joining us. So who are you? Thank you for having me. I work uh, with you at NFM. Yeah. And I'm your underwriting team lead. Underwriting I manage team all, lead. Yeah. All I right. manage all your loans that come into our team. And we take them, uh, you know, from underwriting to help you get them clear to close to the closing table. Wow. When you grew up, you wanted to be an underwriting team lead? No, when I grew up, I wanted to be a dentist. You did. <laughs> I could see that. You'd be great. You've got a great bedside yeah. manner. Yeah. yeah. All right. So somehow some something either went right or wrong. Do you like your job? I do. I love my job. You like your I job. Do. What yeah. is your job? What's an mm. underwriting team lead? An underwriting team lead manages a team of underwriters who underwrite the files that come in from your team and other teams um, to help process the files through. Mm -hmm. to get an approval mm -hmm. so they can get a clear to close on their loan and close on their home. All right. So we're talking about home buying. Correct. Yeah. So you're in the big machine of home buying. Yes. Got it. And what qualifies you to be an underwriting team lead? Um, somebody with experience in the industry for a while. Somebody who knows um, our products, you know, um, what goes into it, what you have to look at, what you have to look for. Um somebody who's very detailed oriented mm -hmm. and who can coach back to others mm -hmm. and teach. Okay, cool. So why are you here? Have you done, do you go fly around and do podcasts? I do not. <laughs> Is this your I am first here time? because I'm so excited. I wanted to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, we do love you. So, listener, um, Dawn is a dear friend. Imagine someone you go to work with every day who lives in a different part of the country and in our remote world, you 
get to know real well, but you don't get to spend a lot of time with. We were fortunate enough to all go for a trip to Mexico and we said, you know what? We're here because of people like Don and let's, let's have Don come. So we, our whole team, our whole mortgage team got to hang out with you in Mexico too. Yes. And that was amazing. Yeah. That was the first time I met you guys and it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And you're in for it this weekend. We're going to, we're going to run you through a lot of fun. So look uh, forward to it. All right. So pigs, oil, and Don. And listener, the reason that that title is that is because Don's job is very similar to a butcher with pigs or, you know, maybe a person who raises pigs or in the oil world, Mm -hmm. very similar to someone who maybe inspects oil barrels, make sure the crude's the right kind of oil, make sure the, you know, the customer's getting what they think they are. And you do the same thing in the mortgage business. We do. We do. Um, We have to do pretty much the same thing as far as inspecting would be going through a loan file, making sure everything, dot your I's, cross your T's, make sure our borrowers are good borrowers and that they qualify and that we can uh, meet agency guidelines and we have a good loan. All right. Now you hit it. That was it. What is that agency guideline? Agency guidelines or are guidelines that we follow to meet, to make sure that um, for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, HUD, VA, they give us guidelines to make sure our borrowers meet a certain criteria, such as ratios, which is their debt to income, um, you know, their credit history, which is very important. Um, we look at the appraisals. So we, we look at everything to make sure that the borrower actually qualifies and that our, uh, you know, we meet their guidelines within that loan. Mm. So this would be, and now here we go. What, what people don't realize is that what homes, like if you drive around and look at homes, typically, I don't know the number, but a, a heavy percentage of them have mortgages on them. Right. And what the, the listener may not know is every single home is backed buy a mortgage right that people aren't walking around with half a million bucks and can't just buy a home typically they have to borrow and without that machine home ownership doesn't really exist if you've traveled to guatemala or somalia Mm -hmm. people live in homes but most of them are rented very few are owned and one of the reasons is because they don't have banking systems that will give you the money so you don't need all the money to buy the home and you'll also see a lot of unfinished or shacky like homes because to live in a home, you got to build it yourself. Right. Because you can't borrow the money to do it. Well, why is that? Well, you know, different economies, sure. But one of the reasons that the U.S. has one of the highest home ownerships rates, much higher than, than Europe, is because of these institutions, these, uh, what did you just call them? Fanny Agencies, Fred- Agencies. Fanny, Fanny <clears throat> Freddie. So, listener, what that means is that the oil can of oil is going to be produced and it has to meet certain characteristics and then it's put on the open market mm-hmm. and someone says hey i'll pay a buck you know 102 bucks for that bo- that gallon of oil and they better know what they're going to get because they got to go refine it and put in a car or whatever the pig the same thing usda is going to come inspect it is it being raised in this right way we're going to test it we're going to make sure that when the consumer buys it it meets a certain standard well the same thing is happening on the money that people use to buy homes correct exactly greg exactly and these standards are extensive they are they are we go very into detail 
Um, you know, we have to look at a borrower's credit history, make sure they've maintained their payments on their debt that they currently have. If they have collection accounts, we have to, you know, request documentation as to why or, you know, it, they're, it's very, very intense as far as what we require for it's documentation. Intense. Yeah. It's intense. And yeah. it seems like a hassle. Like it I'm going to go buy be. a house. Yeah. Just I'm a nice dude. I promise I'm going to pay for it. Is that enough? No. <laughs> we can't take your word for it. <laughs> we can't, can we? Well, why not? Because I think what's happened is over time, I mean, Fannie, Freddie, these institutions have been around since uh, at least FHA's been around, I don't time. know, like 50s, 60s? Oh, yeah, know. very, very long time. So, I remember when when their guidelines were like a little book of five pages. Now, you know, you scroll through 4,000 pages. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. So we've got these agencies that have been around, and here's what they've learned. They've learned that you can study who doesn't hold their word. Right. Who has all of the best intentions and moves in the house but doesn't pay the mortgage back. Right. And, Some, and sometimes you can see that within, you know, reading their information and going through it. And sometimes on paper it looks great. You so don't really, really you're the underwriter. You're supposed to decide, will they pay back? Correct. Are they going to perform? Correct. Yeah. But instead of you making a subjective, I think, Don thinks that they will, you follow these crazy rules. I mean, how long is an FHA manual? How many pages would you assume? Oh, God, it's it's like 4,000 pages. Yeah, hundreds. It's hundreds and hundreds of pages. And you have to learn FHA. What other learns? VA. VA. Our Fannie Mae guidelines. Fannie, Freddie, Freddie. which differ. Those are conventional mm -hmm. loans. And mm -hmm. then you probably know USDA as USDA. well. USDA. Jumbo. Jumbo. So really, you're a mortgage expert mm -hmm. who's stuck in the process to be the inspector. Correct. Auditor. Yeah. The, right, correct, yeah. Box checker. The oil checker. Yeah, the pig the pig inspector. Yeah. But what people don't understand is that the product you that you produce or approve is bought and sold. Just like oil, just like the pig, just like any commodity that behind the home and behind the mortgages, they're packaged into big groupings mm -hmm. and then sold. To and a bulk sale too. Bulk sale mm -hmm. to the state of New Jersey's retirement pension plan, to the Brazilian government, Could to be anywhere. anywhere. Because really, what that person is saying is, I got a million bucks. Interest rates are seven percent. All right, here's a million bucks. I'll take seven percent on a million bucks, right, for the next thirty years. And they're counting on you. To be sure that the people, when they put their million in, are going to actually pay back. Correct. Yeah. And they've created all these guidelines to guarantee people get to pay their stuff back. Right. Well, Absolutely. do most people approve? Um, for the most part, they do. Yeah. We, we try to fit them into a criteria where they'll meet a mortgage guideline or, or a program mm -hmm. so they can get approved. And on my side, not all do. Not, not like for someone do, to right. get to you, they've already gone through me. Right. And right. multiple levels. So you probably do. I mean, you're able to approve what? Out of 100 people, you approve 95? I, I would say, yeah. yeah. It's very rarely we try, you know, we try to approve everybody. It's very rarely we deny a file. But again, it's the documentation may, may be, you know, a lot. Yeah. So. And it's also true that for them to even get to you, we had to already say we believe in it. Because right. to get it to you is so much work on their part and our part. Right. Yeah. It is. It is. You guys do a lot of hard work up front to get it to us. We th we're trying to think like you. Yeah. We're trying to think, well, Don approve it. Right. And sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes, but for the most part, I mean, you guys send in really good files. 
yeah. when it does come to us. You know, there's not much that is required. But when a borrower does send in paperwork, um, we could request something that would require additional paperwork. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes it opens up a can of worms of something else that's needed. And, and we can read the same books you can read. But yes. you're an expert. And we literally, like, one of the reasons that I like working where I work is because I have your cell phone number. Yeah, you can call me anytime. You know that. <laughs> so, you know, I think that the funny thing I will say as I help people buy homes is everybody thinks that they're normal. Yeah, they and do. And they're all so different. Talk about real quick how different what you see is, whether it's income or bank accounts. I mean... So a lot of people are different in many ways. Um, they could have, as we discussed, um, they can have a lot of bank accounts or they get their money from family members or they're moving money around all the time um, or they have large deposits that aren't sourced or the, you know, their employment, they're not at the same job for a very long time mm -hmm. and they move to multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. So that can become an issue sometimes. Um, you know, appraised values as we know how the market is today, some of the values don't appraise as what their purchase price is. So then it has mm -hmm. to come out of the borrower's pocket. So Yeah, it's so competitive they, that home they're paying more than a home's worth. Exactly. That, that happened literally as you and I were walking out the door. Yeah. I had a guy, um, he paid six eighty five, it just came in at six thirty. And he knew it. He knew to get this special home and he had to overpay. And we this isn't really a surprise. It was just what was it gonna come in at? And so yeah. you're an expert on appraisals too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's even like huge artificial intelligence mega webs on appraisals and what homes are worth. There is. Talk about that real quick. That That's a new thing that's blown me away. So, I mean, you have your Zillow, um, your, your Redfin. There, there's a lot of places you can go, your automated valuation systems. There's so many places you can go to get, you know, what your home is worth. It, it, it all depends on what the comps are in the area that support the value. If you don't have comps that support the value, I mean, any automation can give you any number. But we're seeing now the human appraiser goes out and the computer says, I don't agree with you. Right. And, and that's a new thing in our business. Um, it is. And I, and I feel like it's because of the, how the economy is right now where, you know, we have a lot of things that are inflated. Hmm. And I don't believe the automated system can see that as much as an actual person. Mm -hmm. And you and I are stuck between the human un human appraiser right. and the computer appraiser, and they don't necessarily agree because it turns out not only are all people different, all homes all, are different. Right. All homes are very different. Yeah. So we have to come up with ways to try and support that value. Yeah. You and I could probably sit here and tell just crazy war stories. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of some real quick. A one-bedroom house, you know, that oh, that's yeah. unusual. But we've had people recently try to buy one-bedroom homes. Um, you run into f homes in floodplains that weren't in floodplains before but mm -hmm. now are. I mean, now it's are. just crazy the level of stuff that comes up. It is. It is yeah. for sure. And even on people's employment or their income, everybody earns differently. And there's all these formulas for how to do this and that. So that's um, another valid point, Greg, is that, you know, with the industry, how it is today and the economy – a lot of the agencies have changed their guidelines as far as how to calculate a borrower's right. income, you know, Freddie Mac, um, Fannie Mae. So that's another big point, you know, so we don't do it like we used to do it. Just grab a W-2, average it. No, not any longer. Now you have to have mm -hmm. so much documentation on it. 
you know, even the government, and the government writes the rules, really most of these, the USDA, VA, FHA, Mm -hmm. these are all government entities. The government really guarantees our mortgage, which really means they're saying, we've written these laws, these rules, these guidelines so good that if you follow them, we stand behind this loan. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because really what's weird is that 30-year fixed mortgages are mostly a North America thing. They really don't exist um, in other countries. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but most countries have traditional kind of five-year mortgages, oh, five-year no. arms, Did um, not know these that. kinds of things. Most of Europe's built that way. The 30-year fix is kind of a unique entity. And, and here we are, the U.S., we also offer 40 years. <laughs> We do now. We did. I guess we do now, too. Yeah. So, you know, there can be just so much variation in your jobs to make sure it matches, because really, I like to explain that we're an ice cube tray. And we want the government makes these ice cube trays and wants everybody to fit in the box. And so we'll get calls, which is, hey, here's my situation. You know, I've got a I've got a house built in the side of a mountain. (laughs) <laughs> or, um, you know, I, we've I, seen them. I, I just started. I just started my company. I got this great idea. We're gonna make a cool product for horses, and so I need a, I need a loan. I mean, I've got a guy right now who owns forty something houses, but on paper doesn't really show any income. But in the real world, probably makes forty grand a month just from these houses. But, but he doesn't show if it. You don't it's show it, then we can't use it. Yep. So. So, you know, uh, the idea here is that these mortgages are all fitting in an ice cube tray, mm-hmm. even though people don't. Right. And your and my job is to kind of try to squeeze in squeeze as many in. as we can that right. can fit through oftentimes creativity. Right. Correct. And then these mortgage companies basically get the government entities, FHA, Fannie Mae, to rubber stamp it, buy it in essence. Right. And then we get paid back. And then we do it all over again. And, and so these mortgage over. companies on a monthly basis are lending billions of dollars in home loans mm-hmm. that the government guarantees pays us for. And then we just lend that billion month after month after month. And that's the machine. It right. is just like an oil pump, just like a pig warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Just making this stuff over, over and, and over. over again. And you're a cog in the wheel. I am too. Right. Uh, and we're part of really a machine that works pretty well. Yeah, it, absolutely. And every day is a new day and always something new to look at. Yeah, I mean, we're dealing with like Venmo and how oh, much yes. money yeah. is now coming in mm-hmm. through weird ways. And right. Venmo doesn't really tell you what it's from. Venmo, PayPal. I mean, that's, and we're dealing with the people who have four jobs. But so we're even dealing with the the, the American changing mm-hmm. and the guidelines aren't ready for it. No, they're not because we also have the... The afterpay and the Zells, you know, yeah. it's not really mentioned in our guidelines that we yeah. have to come up with a way to document. Yeah. So, yeah. We, the multiple we 1099 jobs. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you have to ask questions about this stuff, which for the client, they're like, why do you care? Right. They get frustrated. I'm, I'm Sally. I'm awesome. I'm going to pay it back. Like, what the hell? Who's this Dawn chick? And why is she so mean? <laughs> and I pay my bills. <laughs> just yeah. give me a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, just give me a mortgage. Now, what's in it for you? Like, you're well paid. This is how you've made your living. You're an mm-hmm. expert in mortgages. But what if you screw up? You know, nobody is perfect. We can all make mistakes and not see something or, or oversee it by accident. It happens. Um, we try not to do that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have to, we take a long time to really look at our files and be very, but, you know, but you can miss something. It does and, happen. And if you do, what happens? 
Um, it depends on what it is that we miss. It depends if the makes the file unsaleable to the agency. Yeah. So it, it you know, there's a lot of things of if it depends. It depends on what it is. Yeah, it's like an ice cube tray with a crazy yeah. piece of ice coming out the side, and the yeah. agency's like, "What's this? I mean, How do they know?" Um, so after the loans do get sold, sometimes they audit our files. They sure do. And you know that. <laughs> yes. In fact, I'll tell two quick stories on that. So pretty much you have an auditor, you have an underwriter who underwrites you. Yes, I do. Yeah. What, they write, underwrite every one of them? What do they do? Um, they It's just random pick. It's a wow. random pick. Yep. You don't know what file it's going to be or when it's going to be. It's just a random pick. Uh, we had a lady named Judy. This is just last month who was just furious, just furious. And... Uh, called us and was so pissed that somebody behind the scenes is calling her boss and somebody behind the scenes is calling the person who gave her some money and was just so upset that this was a violation of her personal privacy and why is Greg doing this? And do I know? And it turns out it's a normal part of the process. Yes, it That is. a certain amount of loans get audited and they're checking for fraud. They are checking And going for back fraud. through and making sure everything's correct. They're making sure the bank statements are real. The pay stubs are real. They're yeah. making sure the borrowers are still employed after they close. Yeah. You know, they're or checking everything. Or it wasn't a, a shell game with the gift and where right. it came from. Or a straw buyer. Or, yeah. you know. You know, it's so funny because when I get a hot client, and I don't get as much of this as I used to, but you can, who gets upset about this stuff. Because we, I think we've done a better job of preparing people. Now, ironically, underwriting in some ways has gotten easier. Do a you feel bit. that way? A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of this is automated now. And I, yeah. I mean, I, a customer doesn't even need to send me their bank statements. If they just link the bank to their bank statements themselves, I don't, I can look myself. It's oh, yeah. pretty cool how yeah. far we've come. Um, however sometimes people get upset and I, and listener, if you want, go to fake W2.com. I mean, literally type it in, type in fake And when I get a really hot client, I'll go here with them. Hey, I want to let you know that after 08, there's actually laws that now say, not only do I have to get a pay stub from you, but look at fake W2.com. People fake these things. They do. I actually have to call the employer yeah. And get them to fill out forms. Yes. Or we go to the IRS and verify their W-2s through the IRS. Because I have had tax returns that aren't the ones they turned in through the IRS. It happens actually pretty frequently, not frequently, but it's Mm -hmm. because you can get a, you can get a 1040 online. Sure. You You can can fill fill it it out, out. hand it to me and say, here's my 1040. Exactly. And we do run into that. Not a lot, but there is an element of people who know they can't buy a home, but want to not come up with half a million bucks and would rather come up with 50,000 and uh, we'll go through faking things, which is just nuts. It is. Now, one last thing before we finish, I really appreciate you being here. Talk to me about what's a first payment default. First payment default. (laughs) This is crazy. It sure is. And you know, (laughs) as an underwriter, when you look at a file, you never think that's ever going to happen to your file because you approved it and it cleared to close. And you thought you got your I's and crossed your T's. So a borrower will go through the process and their file will get cleared, they'll close, and they don't make their first payment. Well, do they make their second? Nope. They never make a payment. <laughs> they don't make any payments. We had one. We did about 400 loans a month. We had one in our branch this year, a guy who was a first payment default. It's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. You would think they'd you know, go through that process and then not make the payment. It's so just... even though you're so good, sometimes... 
we have foreclosures. Right. And people just don't pay it back. Right. Crazy. Yeah, it is absolutely As much crazy. as we dig in, there's still an element. Of, and I love to talk to customers about first payment default because that's nuts. They moved in and never made a payment. <laughs> right. What goes through their, their mind saying, oh, I just closed on my house. Guess what? Yeah. Now I'm not going to make my and payment. And it's funny because we know these people and we called them back. And it turns out that it was kind of a family situation and some confusion. Oh, really? Now, there's more to the story because you okay. get all these calls and all these. So there's more to the story. But the person sure. who it actually was a cosign situation, I don't think realized that the other person was never making the payment. Oh, or at least that's what so they told it was us. One so, blaming the other. Eh, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But it, but it is a fascinating kind of machine we work for that really at the essence of it is wealth building, which is home ownership. Right, right. And people aren't buying homes with cash, typically. They're typically financing them through mortgages. And now people get to know who Dawn is. And if you've bought a house, there's a Dawn somewhere. There sure is. Now, we're offshoring some of you. We are. What does that mean? Uh, That means that we have our offshore underwriters that do just the, you know, regular W-2 wage earning loans, not the difficult FHA, VA, Why are people Are people in India smarter than you? No, we're uh, we're just giving opportunity to other underwriters to get different, you know, designations. That's very diplomatic. It also turns out they're about a quarter of the price. Yes, and that too. too. Yeah, Yeah. and so they're getting some simpler loans. So even in a world where it's actually being done around the clock, Mm -hmm. even at our company. Yes, correct. And all companies and around the globe. In fact, there is a discount mortgage lender who has almost moved the entire mortgage process to a foreign country which is how they're able to be slightly discounted in right, their interest in their, rates. Right, in their rates. Which it turns out there's some negative to that as well. There is because some of them don't understand all of it fully and completely. Such as either you may get a you bad know. answer or you may be put through a ringer that you might not put them through because of yes. the Yes, I, I would say, you know, we probably wouldn't they'd probably wouldn't ask for stuff that, you know, not needed or yeah. something, yeah. There's a lot more to it, the ice cubes than you'd think, because really we're trying to cram humans that are so different and houses that are so different in these ice cube trays. So yeah, just so grateful for you flying down to do the podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you you for inviting me. Check it off the list. Uh, Listener, I hope this was helpful. It's always nice to look under the hood and to understand what's really going on and to understand that at least in the housing industry and the finance industry, there's all these people who have all these rules, and we didn't even get into compliance. We didn't even get into the regulators that are making sure things are being done properly, and I know that exists throughout the financial sector too. Um, So, you know, I I would encourage you to support your local mortgage lender. I think they do a better job typically than the internet or the call centers just because of the accountability they have and the fact that probably, like anything, you do something over and over and over again and you get better at it. And I know for you and me, the mo- the mortgages we've seen means that we can find ways to make things work. Yeah, Just because we've yeah. seen so many of them. And I think a world where you and I have a relationship, which has to be professional. Absolutely. I've got to respect the fact that your job is not to be sure my client gets approved, but to be sure our company puts together a loan that meets guidelines. That's correct. Yeah, and I think when you, when you respect that I'm trying to get the Smith family into a home, and I respect that you've got to be sure that we're doing it in a way that's responsible, that we work together well, and I just love working with you. Absolutely. So thank too, you for Greg. joining me on the uh, Straight Talk podcast. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. 
that was awesome. Thanks for joining. Um, so listener, uh, it's Greg Cowart here. Um, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, you can look me up online at just myname.com, gregcowart.com. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions, need to be pointed in a different direction, or want to run anything past me. Really appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us next time. Have a good day. We're out. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. I hope it's been time well spent. Do you have questions, topics you'd like to see me cover, want to connect? Just reach out to me, gregcowart.com. Now go make it a great day.